Hey guys, welcome to the Quad Pod. It's your host, Matt Welch, with my co-host, Max Brown. What's up, Matt? This is our flagship episode. Uh, it is also the Thanksgiving episode. So I'd like to start this all with saying I'm thankful for my friends and my family. I'm thankful for my wonderful wife and children. I'm thankful for this amazing Dynasty League. And the last thing I'd like to say that I'm thankful for is the gay isn't in this anymore. <laughs> So, with that being said, enjoy. Yeah, well, and I was thinking, um, you know, when Darren was telling that story about Kev ending up at the gas station, um, I was kind of, it took me a little bit because it's been so long. It could have been, like you said, 10 years ago. But do you remember when we uh, went up to Portland for, I think it was a 311 concert? And I feel like it was also sometime around Halloween, like maybe the night before Halloween. Yep, I, I do. I, and that is, that is correct. I will confirm that. And definitely the, the night before Halloween. And I, I think that was uh, I think that was the first concert ever. That was either the first or second concert I went to. If it was the first one or second one, both of those were with you because the other one was Lincoln Park in Portland. So. Lincoln Park. Dude, it was such a time and place. Um, but I, I do remember that. I think it was me and you and then Adam, who was the, the drummer in our band, his girlfriend at the time pam right mm-hmm. and yeah then our friend devin tory so we all got up in the car and I, I just have snippets of that memory but they're pretty vivid so i i remember we all rode up in a car together and before, i think there was siggy somebody's friend lived in portland right and that was going to be kind of like our jumping off point for the concert we're going to go there and hang out yeah, we have to make sure to clarify that she didn't. I mean, it's not like she had like a house or anything. She lived in a dorm room, so <laughs> it was yeah. But I before we got there, I remember we stopped. It's you know, it's always some guy that somebody knows like in the group, and it, we stopped this. I think it's some guy we knew from high school, and I don't remember anything about being there besides the fact that it yielded like a fairly tremendous amount of weed, rice krispie treats. I remember <laughs> there was this like you know, three huge pans. And so that was what came out of that. I remember, I don't know about you. I remember eating one like immediately. And then he kind of came and he's like, oh, go nuts, man. Take as much as you want. So do you remember that? And then we went to, we parked in her little garage. I I don't, it's, it's crazy. Cause that, like you were saying, that's a long, such a long time ago. And I actually don't remember the Rice Krispie treats. I like, don't have a memory. like, as you're telling the story, more of it is coming back. I'm like, oh, wait, these other things happened. But I don't remember that. But I don't know. Maybe as we tell this more, like more of it will like okay. start to right. unravel in my memory. Well, I think is that the, the, the Rice Krispie Treat was more part of my night than yours probably as we get into the story. Because <laughs> so I, we go uh, up to this little dorm room. It's like 10 floors up. And she opens the door. It's a tiny little room. Um, and me, Devin, you and Pam go in there, we, you know, we pop some beers and stuff. And I remember from my point of view, I was starting to get pretty stoned. It was, a, you know, it took us a while to find the place or whatever and get up there. So by the mm-hmm. time we got there, I was feeling great. Like popping a beer and everybody's hanging out and talking, playing music and stuff like that. And I think it was Siggy, whose dorm room it was, you know, I think we were just killing time before the concert. And so yeah. she goes, 
got some Coke. Anybody want to do Coke? And for me, I remember at the time I was having enough coming on from like the the, the edible that I ate and the, I'm thinking like, I'm good. But I remember you and Tori. And- How old do you think we were like, at this point? Tw- I, 20. Like 19 or 20? Probably 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I this part I remember so, so vividly because probably because I was starting to get, get pretty stoned. And I, I remember watching her get some coke out and, and do lines. And it was almost like a caricature of what you would think it would be like. I think that was the first time I ever saw anybody, not that I had not been around it at parties, but like been, you know, privy to watching somebody do a line of cocaine. And I remember you and Tori, you know, like do a line, get up and you're, you're shadow boxing like excitedly talking about <laughs> shit and then Pam does a line and Siggy does a line and they're <clears throat> talking about you know she's talking about like some side passion business she's always wanted to start and like you know it's like exactly what you would think would happen um so yeah we're having a, having a great time and you guys are sky I remember Tori's just like talking about how great he feels and um <laughs> you know we're just killing some time and after a little bit I I Siggy says, oh, shit, like, what time is it? And one of us looked at our phones, like, 6.10 or something, you know? And she's like, okay, get your shit. We have to go right. We're going to miss We're gonna miss the bus. We have to go right now. And so, like, the whole vibe changes where, do you remember that? We're all having a good time, and then all of a sudden there's this some sort of time crunch that's upon us. Like, a little bit, like, Sigourney's the only one that's, like, familiar, like, Sigourney or Siggy. She's the only one that's familiar with Portland. So none of us have any idea. Like, like Medford is a town, like, the Medford greater area is, like, what, like 100,000 people? I think it's, like, 90,000 okay. yeah, or less. So, like, less we, that. that's where we live. So we live in a place where there's, like, not really efficient public transportation. Like, the only people who take in public transportation for the most part are people that, like, can't afford cars. Like, no one's doing it as a choice necessarily for the most part. I think that's fair. There's people yeah, that a- do do that, but it's definitely not a big chunk of people. So um, <clears throat> Portland, obviously, is, like, major metropolitan area, has efficient public transport. Like, people – a lot of people do that as a choice because it's way more efficient. So – um, Sigourney's the only one that knows anything about any of this. So, okay. I don't, yeah, that's a great point. But I don't even, I have no idea where we are in yeah. Portland. I don't know how we got there. I don't know I mean, how we, we get to where we need to go. Like, he literally know nothing. I don't know where we're point. going. Yep. No, she says, hey, we're, I'm going to handle everything. So that's why we're like starting to get kind of fucked up in our own ways because she's got it. Whatever she says, she's going to get us there, obviously, and be able to get us back. So, anyway, that's a good, that was a good side note. So she, you know, immediately like record scratch, you know, needle scratch, whatever. She's like, we have to go right now or we're going to miss the bus. And there is literally no other way to get to the concert. I, you know, I lost track of time. And so there's this sudden, it, it's like not quite as fun. All of us, it's just like stressful, oh, but like there's a lot of urgency, energy still. So much urgency. She's, and I think I remember her. So, and the cocaine probably didn't help this, but wildly packing shit up, like <laughs> throwing stuff, like and and so you realize, like, oh, she's in a huge hurry. <laughs> like we must be really cutting this close. And, and it, I, I, God, I remember that so well. So we're grabbing shit, tickets. Grab the tickets. Grab this. You know, some people are pounding. You know, Devin's pounding a beer or whatever that he he wants to finish and. Um, so we, we get out the door and like I said, we're 10 flights up. So I, I, we, people are, I, I remember Devin is out in front because for people who obviously don't know Devin, he's, he's like this 
ultra kind of athletic. I don't know. He's he, of course he's out in front. Yeah, and you have to he's, be like, like just to, for the sake of trying to like explain what he like looks like. He's like six foot, like looks super Irish. I mean, like that's Devontory. Um, Very Irish, yeah. And like, like pointy nose, like I don't know. He and just super charismatic dude, super nice, super full of himself, and like very know. game, but like humble too. Like yeah. he is love Devontory, but yeah. He, but he's doing the I rem, he's doing the stairs like a you know college cornerback does the stairs of the stadium on a Saturday exactly morning, like, yeah. to work out. He's hitting it hard, hitting it hard. So immediately I'm shocked by how fast we're all moving. And and you guys are ahead, and then Pam, who's Adam's girlfriend, who's with us, she's a little less athletic than the group, I would say. And so I'm kind of behind her. We get down the ten flights of stairs. The door gets like kicked open by. Sigourney and they take off like Devin looks like Steve Prefontaine he's in like a high knees you know hitting it like not 100% but 85-90% which is pretty fast for him you're up yeah, there that's with like him. my 100% Sig- so I'm barely it was your it 100% it was everybody else 100% and Siggy is right next to him and I'm back with Pam and it, just tearing down the street I can't even I can't even describe how how much urgency there was. It was not quite like something like, is coming to get us, so what, but it was what, very close What time is this? What time is this? It's like, it's still light outside at this point, right? It's, it's probably still like light. 5 or 6 p.m. Yeah, I think it was like 6 or something like that. And yeah. we had to be, I think from when we, she said from when we saw the clock in her room, we had to be to this bus station in five minutes. So <laughs> we're well into that time period. So long story short, busting down you three are so far ahead that you, you're turning corners. And I'm completely, <laughs> me and Pam are completely losing sight of where you are, and that we turn the same corner and you're halfway up the block. So I don't know how far we ran six, seven, eight blocks at just a full clip. I, I remember Pam full sprint, talk, full sprint, and she's like, my talking about her plantar fascia that's like <laughs> flaring up and her shin splints. And, and I remember she always wore Converse back in the day, and she's like, I don't know why I wear these fucking shoes. They have no support. They have no arch in them. They're not athletic shoes. So, but it, you know, in between, like sucking wind because we're we're going so hard. So, um, anyway, finally, I don't know how many blocks we run. We see this like bus station, kind of like a stop, but a little bit more of an overhang and stuff. And the three of you get there a little bit before us, and you got your hands on your hips, like everybody's dead, winded, I'm running man. that hard, winded, and. Siggy has her, she's looking at the little chart with all the times and everything on it. And Pam is, you know, I'm like, she's, she can barely breathe, you know? <laughs> and so we're all sitting there and Siggy just goes, oh, okay, wait a second. And she's taking her finger and she goes, oh, the bus doesn't come till 640. <laughs> so, so I think that we just ended up sitting there for, you know, 15 more minutes um well and like so so and then so my perspective of all this too is so like all that exactly man just booking it down the street just being super winded getting there and like you know i you know had indulged a little bit and it was cocaine fueled 100 but yeah here's the thing i remember is like at that point the like paranoia kicking in like of being stoned too and just be like and people just being like what the fuck are these people doing like what is going on here <laughs> There's one guy sitting at the bus stop while like five people in a dead sprint coming at him and then just yeah, and very for, for no reason. Guy. For no reason. There's yeah, not right. a bus approaching for like at least ten minutes. So yeah, man. Uh 
there's a lot of good good stories uh i think the thing that jogged my memory when you were telling that is like didn't we go to like some party the like night after the concert or the like night after the night before i think it was i think it was halloween um because we came back from portland which is about a four-hour drive up north from where we live we came back and then ashland is right next door to medford and it's a small town where the college is but it's like a big halloween place so i think we went Definitely yeah, but we were in party Portland there. and went to like Brandon Driver's house or something oh, randomly. I, I remember that now that you say that. That yeah. was the, the night after the concert. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. These were long nights. That because they had a couple kegs and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. Because yeah. Tori knew those people. Some, I mean, I, I didn't know who the hell. I, I mean, I knew who Brandon Driver was. He's a couple grades ahead of us. So it's, but yeah, man, it's so long ago. What's fun about that too is it that was back in the day where you just, there was no no worries, no responsibilities, you know. Oh, probably yeah. at that point the girls that we were dating that were both still in high school, we were like free of them for a weekend. Yeah, I think I was probably single at this point, honestly. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know what else I remember about the the concert, the 311 concert? We randomly but, ran into like some other dude that we had went to high school with, Casey Larios. Do you remember this? I do. He had like a cane. He was dressed, he was dressed up as dressed Willy, up like Willy Wonka, Wonka and he had a cane. Dude. And there, it was like a no smoking venue and he snuck in a bunch of joints in his cane and then gave some oh, to pulled us. The top. He pulled the top off it. <laughs> and then he just gave us a couple and then we we're like, yo. And then, I mean, we didn't even like kick it with the dude like all night, but he was just like, hey man, take these joints. And we're like, fucking awesome. And then the last, the very last, uh, this is another thing I'll like never forget probably for the rest of my life. The last song 311 played was called Feels So Good. Do you know that song? Absolutely, yeah. And so it's like, it feels so good in your face. And it was pretty much like telling people, like, fucking blaze it up, yo. Like, Mm -hmm. it's time. We're not doing an encore. I remember them saying, we're not doing an encore. So, I mean, this This is is the time. What are they going to do, kick you out? So. Yeah, great memories. I Something else that's making me remember is, the next night in Ashland, like I said, it's a big, it's a thing, right? It's where you, you yeah. know, there's a plaza, and as you walk far farther away, it becomes a little less so, but everything kind of happens in the plaza. And I think me and Devin dressed up, we went to, like, Goodwill and got, like, English gentlemen, like, hats and, like, <laughs> Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Do you? And then we had a bunch of those, uh, you know, Rice Krispie treats that guy gave us. And I... All I can remember about that entire night is Devin, and when I say deeply, I mean deeply bowing to every single police officer that he came into contact with for <laughs> like three so hours. High? Oh my god! And, like I'm talking about knee almost to the ground, and he's 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 doing like soliloquies. He's he's like for your for your protection and your service, like stuff like that. I'm like, hey, you have got. I, you have got to stop doing that. I'm freaking out, you know? And every time we would come up to a cop or somebody would be stationed somewhere, he would give me this kind of wild look out of the corner of his eye. I knew he was going to do something and he kept taking his hat off almost all the way down to the ground and stuff. And uh, I respect so, the like hiding in plain sight mentality, you know, I the, like, Hey, he was, you just dude. be so obvious that they're like, all right, I mean, just keep, because Ashlyn, like to put in context too, like there's like, couple hundred people probably gather in Ashland that night and it's like this tiny little college town and so like 
all the police in Rogue Valley just kind of gather there too. And I mean, mm. as long as you're not like acting a fool, they're just kind of like watching everybody. So, but yeah, Devin, it, Devin I think had like to the, take it to the next level, you know. The paranoia was like on my part, right? Like, oh man, definitely like growing. I'm like, I don't want to do. I do not want to. Yeah, and that was before the days of of weed being legal. So, yeah, it was so much different back then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of good memories from back then. I remember Pam, um, that same girl that, that went to the concert. She had that house that was a little off campus, and uh-huh. I would always go over there. You would go over there too, and drink. I had a break at like ten thirty in the morning, three days a week, and I would go over there and drink screwdrivers every. Every morning, three times oh, a week. Just and... the worst vodka. The oh worst my vodka. God. H- I, I couldn't drink orange juice for like five years after that. I remember. Because it, it gave it you like the vodka so, so angry. So that was seems like such a long time ago, but it's fun to kind of dip back into that. Because like you said, the more you kind of talk about the story, you remember little things. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's man. Wild, man. Like it's, it's, you know, yeah, that was, that's 15 years ago, man. Wow, 15 years ago. So do do we want to talk about, about Gabe? Yeah, so uh, that was kind of the, the topic of this episode. I figured it was it was going to be a good thing for, for everyone to kind of revisit. I thought, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving coming and all, we could all be thankful that, that we have the league that we have, that we're able to enjoy this. Like, <laughs> you, you, you were telling me earlier, like, fantasy football, is, and I think you, you were telling me that you and Tommy were talking about this. Like fantasy football is this premise of like a game layered on top of a game on top of a game. So it's like this kind of like really kind of ridiculous premise, but it's something that we all like ridiculously enjoy. And it, it it's, you know, for me, it's something that I can, I like will start to obsess about things to a point. And like right now I'm not in the obsessive phase of like fantasy football, but it definitely gives me something that I can just dive into and like put my like mind at work towards. So I think we're really similar in that way. And, and, you know, I, that's why I'm always interested to hear like your thoughts on everything, not just fantasy, you know, like politics and stuff like that. And just, cause I don't know anything compared to you and a lot of those. And, and, you know, I think you have that intelligence. So. Yeah. And the, the, and I always respect your opinion too. And like, you know, I might have an opinion, but sometimes you'll really hit me with something that I haven't and not even like on purpose, but just something that I haven't even thought about. And like, I always try to keep an open mind and especially from people I respect, like I, I kind of keep the life mantra of like, I honestly don't give a shit what everyone thinks. I only care about what very specific people think. Cause you know, you shouldn't say, I don't care what everybody thinks. That's a ridiculous way to live your life. But, <laughs> right. but you should be like, there's only very choosing few people that I actually care what they think. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Cause you know, people are going to try to influence you one way or another. And, but if you if there's the people that really like got your back and are going to tell you like, yo man, you're really like fucking up or, you know, you, you're really like crazy on this one. Like, I don't know how you're getting to the like conclusion that you got to like, mm. that, that's good for you, you know, especially from people that you respect and like, you know, respect their opinions and know that they are like based in the same values as you. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that point is a really good lead into like this whole Gabe thing because, you know, you've always been somebody that you call it like it is. Yeah. You know, you're a really laid back guy, but it, at a certain point, <laughs> I remember yeah. in this, at a certain point, you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. We yeah, like, and, and I'm glad, I like to kind of see myself too, like, as a pretty laid back person. So, 
but there's definitely a point where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to deal with this bullshit anymore. Like, and right. that's, that's kind of how this all played out. So like, so yeah. So the, what the, the last place award or whatever in this league is named the game after him for the worst owner. I think that Tommy got right. So he yeah. got the game. So it's, it, it's deserving of revisiting who Gabe was. And I don't even know who, who was Gabe. So that's how I actually like. So I, I don't really know that well. I think, I I think he joined, um, through maybe like the Reddit application process that Tommy was talking about. But so he was like, like just by himself coming in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he necessarily had any attachment to any of the people. Like it didn't. It didn't really seem like it. The way that he was kind of like treating everybody, because like if he was part of like a group of people in this league i think at some point he would have like people his his people would have put him in check like i would <laughs> he I would those hope people that, well yeah like i would like i said like like kind of to go back to what i was just saying like i would hope that if i was like acting ridiculous and being you'd be like yo well it's like you're kind of making this all look bad man like you know like you're kind of and just for the sake of like you caring about me you'd be like you're mm. making your you're making yourself look bad like what are you doing like so uh that's what kind of leads me to believe that he was kind of like a, like a lone wolf in the league, like um, s- s- some of the other people. You know, you got the Oregon crew, you got the Delco crew, and then you got to cut kind of got the other four that like filled extra pieces. Yeah, so. Nathan and Adam. Yeah. So I I remember I'm trying to think of things I remember about him. I remember that he was active, like in the beginning, he was fine. I don't I had no problems with him at all for a long yeah. time, and I I think. Yeah, just like any other person in the league, none of us really knew each other. But it was, yeah, you know, that was when Doctor Dewey was in the league and everything. And it was, it was a little different then. But I, yeah, everybody seemed pretty, just great. Like it was fine. You no, know, there was no problems with that. And when did things start to get kind of? Do you remember when things with Gabe started? I, I remember a couple things, but I was going to see what you. Do you remember when Ooh. Gabe started to get on your on your nerves? Well, I always remember as a dude that had pretty like bold takes and like I was going I was going back through some of my like chat logs because they can go back pretty far and I actually still had like my chats with him. So I at one point and so this must have been this was before the Zeke trade because I was talking about he was trying to get me to trade him Josh Jacobs and stuff and like the things that he the way that he would value someone like Josh Jacobs compared to, like, Mitch Trubisky at the time. Like, his evaluation for Trubisky was, like, through the roof. Like, Mitch Trubisky is worth three number one picks. And I, I remember just like, that. yo, man, get out of here with that bullshit. Like, Mitch Trubisky's is not good. And, like, that was that's always been my take. Um, I usually have not that many, like, super bold takes. But when I got a, like, gut take about somebody, I'll, like, be like, this, this is what I think. Like, I was avoiding Juju at all costs. That was one of my takes, like – I'm, yeah, you called that one well. I think Juju's a great guy. Like, I love the dude, but he just doesn't have that overwhelming talent that just makes you go, wow, look at this. So, you know. Well, I and I remember a, you saying, regarding Juju, saying, I remember you saying that he, your quest was more about, you know, could he be like an alpha number one on the outside know. kind of thing. And I think you nailed that because I think he is, I think he is really talented. Like, you don't put up those kind of numbers that young, but more so out of the slot or as a secondary receiver. Um, yeah, you got to make sure that if he's good when the focus is on someone else because he can really – he's solid. He's like, you know, a good comparison is like Anquan Bolden. That's kind of an old comparison. 
but like that's who I'd compare him to or someone that's like super solid, like is a great number two, you know, like Hushman's auto when him and like Ocho were like the pair and Cincy, like mm. just a great number two. But then when you put that guy up against number one corners, when that, when, you know, go back to that time period when Keeb Talib has to cover somebody, you know, or like right now when he has to go up against like the best corners in the game, like I just, and it was like, he's not going to get it done. I just don't see it. Those, those guys are going to shut him down. I, I totally agree. And I, I think that, uh, one second here. That point about him overvaluing players, I, that's, a, that's probably a great bullet point because I do remember that now that you say that. Where well, when it he wasn't basically... even he'd super overvalue his guys and super undervalue your guys. Yeah. No matter who they were, no matter the situation, no matter what, he'd be like, those guys suck, but let me get them. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, and the idea is you have, um, you know, you have everybody's high on players. You have preferences of players that you're not so high on. But everybody has somewhat of an idea of what the consensus is. So if you go yeah. into a trade talk, you're like, oh, I'm a little higher than other people, but you, you still have this baseline. And he did flat out did not have that baseline. And then when when I remember when you would or I would say something like, I'm not even that's not even close. You know, he, he would just like insult me. He'd be like, could tear in like about why I was wrong about it, you know? And so it was like pretty off putting. It's that whole thing where I think the best way to make trades is probably in a friendly way. And his yeah, thing you gotta, exactly the opposite of that. Like, yeah, there's definitely psychology in trading. You're never going to like bulldoze people in trades. I don't think they're just going to be like, I'm not going to trade with you if you try to bulldoze them. So I, I, I never got that psychology with that, you know, and the whole psychology of like, hey, this guy sucks. Let me trade for him. It's just like, that doesn't make any sense. You're trying to trade for him. You obviously, he obviously doesn't like. Yeah, so there was a lot of like bad offers in general, I think, that I can remember. And I think a lot of people were getting those because I remember at certain points somebody would call him out, I would say something, or you would say something. Or well, and we had that, go, we have like well, a group, we have like a group text with like me, you, Servos, and Joe. And so, like, mm-hmm. I remember us like being like, hey, like, what the do you guys keep getting this? And we all were getting them like constantly. And so, we're like, well, we can't be the only ones that are getting them. So, I think like somehow we like tiptoed around it in the group chat and then everybody was like oh yeah you know and it was kind of like a thing for a little bit um but it you know it kind of like died down and ebbed and flowed but well hey and a quick note on that too because so the way that you know because for fun i like in a friendly way i think we called out darren at one point right for for you know bad offers but Darren knows what he's doing. Obviously, like he 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 Oh, and he was he was doing what he could to rebuild that team and he's done an yeah. awesome job of doing that and especially in hindsight, I look at that and I respect fully what he's done. And so the the difference His offers were never his no. offers were never like get the fuck out of here. No, man. no, 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 that's they, my whole they'd point. Be like, they were okay, this might be getting kind of annoying cuz you're sending a lot of offers, but it was always in like good faith. It wasn't ever like in this like Dude, get the fuck out of here with this. It was within the box of, it was, yeah, it was within the box of like something that was realistic and, you know, reasonable. And that was the thing. You're like, we can work with this, you know, we can get somewhere maybe. But when you start with like, you know, oh, why don't you trade me uh, Josh (laughs) Jacobs and like two firsts for Mitch Trubisky? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just not even, that's not a realistic trade. And then I, this is hilarious because like, uh, 
I think someone just added Kiki Kuti. And so he, he was like, well, I could throw in Kiki Kuti. He was always like, <laughs> that was his trump card every time was like, you want Kiki. I, I told that guy so many times, hey, look, he's fun. He's a fun player, but I'm not that interested. And he's certainly not going to tilt this horrifically bad offer to be something that I'm like, oh, Kiki. Okay, now we can do it. He always was trying to throw that shit in there. And the trades that you're talking about with, you know, two firsts and Jacobs for Tribbett, that's not mm-hmm. hyperbole. There was legitimate screenshots yeah. he would show me over and over again. He's like, toss me three or four first-round picks for Mitch and, like, maybe a good running. But you're like, dude, this is just way out in left field. So the frustration well, was building over time, right? I think between yeah, all of us. Yeah, it was kind of building like, up. And, like, kinda, and he's kind of a dick about it when you, when, you, when you say you're not interested. If I remember right. But, and so, oh, Totally. So, and the thing is, is, like, I'm the kind of person, like, I, I don't like confrontation. It's not something I've ever trying to, like, get to. So, I always try to, like, have the pressure valve, right? Mm. And I can remember, can, can, like, one thing I'd be like, hey, man, like, you know, hey, val- value's relative. You know, I, I'm not telling you that my evaluation's right and yours is wrong because these things are always, like, relative to, like, a situation. So, like, because he'd always, he'd always say... Well, in my other leagues, he would you know, people are, the people are worth this and that and this and that. And we'd be like, that's cool and all, but this isn't your other league. So in this league, people don't think those people are worth that. So it's not that I'm right and you're wrong. It's just a matter of like values relative. If people in this league don't think those people are worth that, they're not worth that. Mm. And you can't you can't get around that. So it's this is just how it is. Okay. And so that was what was difficult is I'm always trying to get people kind of out and I never want to like build a confrontation, but this one kind kind of got there. So, so let's talk about how it got to that point because there's obviously this went on for a while. We all were sharing in the in the fact that like this guy's just he's out in left field and he's yeah. So how did it if I remember right, there was an eventual like a start of a call out in the group chat. One, well, and I think the climax. What brought I think that the about? climax, and it's funny. I think it's funny you were talking about Juju earlier because I think the climax, honestly, was was AB was that when the AB situation, when uh, and I went and revisited uh, the AB article a little bit just to like kind of like everybody knew if they read that article that AB was like getting like dropped from the league that he was going to be gone and have to be doing some wild things to get back. You know, he was accused of like forcibly raping a woman and like you know these are all accusations they're still being like dealt out in court so like we'll see we'll see how this all plays out but he was accused of to the same woman like forcibly raping her and she's sworn in court that these things are true so they're not just like people claiming something in the media which is like a different um uh obviously you have no obligation to tell the truth to like a news organization right because there's no consequences but if you swear in court something's true and it's a lie then like you're you're going to get in trouble for that so, and then he like I think like ejaculated on her back like you know. No, I do. I remember that. It was even worse than that. I, from what the art, I, the thing that came out, and I I do remember this now because, it, you know, we all get alerts from different things at different times. Like I think if you have Bleacher Report, you're gonna get it a yeah. couple minutes later than other people who might have different things. But there was something. And like, oh, I. I'm going to go back a little bit because okay. it sounds like I was like trying to give like Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt of the situation. And it's like, I'm not the arbiter of truth. Like 
I have three daughters, but and in this situation, and most of the time, I'm gonna believe when a woman's like coming out and making these claims, they're they're probably true. So that's kind of how I operate. Oh, so absolutely. I gotta like put my put my bias on the table, and that's my you know that's my bias. That's how that's how I operate. Well, and then one came out. What I was gonna say is so specific. The one that you mentioned, where he like you know ejaculated on somebody else without them asking for that was i think and there's like text messages there's also like text messages of him being like a jacked off on your back like it wasn't and i think but the thing i was gonna say is do you remember that i think she was at his house watching a sermon on his ipad when he did it so he's yeah i mean and like that's the thing about like to to and the and the shitty thing too is to be like to be like these terrible things happens like isn't a defense of the other person either so it's not to like try to degrade her character but it's like i'm also not going to defend her character because it doesn't matter if she was like a horrible person a horrible person still doesn't necessarily deserve oh, to like super get someone to like come on their back. so it's rude. like that's so just to like kind of like differentiate those things is like it's not a defense of any single person it's just a matter of like those things probably happen, and that sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, and like yeah. you know, no, you're right, and you just jogged so. my memory. So that hits. I remember sitting at like our kitchen table, and something, one of the things, you know, alerts comes up, and it has some details like the forcibly rape thing, and also a one follow up that has that iPad sort of some like little blurb about it. And I'm like, wow, that is yeah. really bad. And then almost like within. 20 30 seconds i get an offer and then i'm texting you and i'm texting mike and that whole group texting about oh, and like and this is 2020 like we got constant everyone's got constant well you know i guess this was 2019 when this happened so but everyone's got constant alerts on their phones like it's not like you're missing a bombshell piece of news like this so no you know but keep you go yeah, no and the the buzzing was we we're all getting these offers of first round picks second round picks and this player for antonio brown you know, and the message is something like, come get your wide receiver one. You know, this is it right now. You got to take it. I just sent mm-hmm. this to a bunch of people. So basically this terrible news drops and then he spams the whole league with more shitty offers. But this time, I think hoping that because they weren't so bad as they were before. I remember it was if it was, you know, it was more one of those ones that was you could accept, I guess. So I think he was trying no, to bait this is to one... take one of them. I didn't no, know about and it. And that's the thing is like i don't want to be in a league of people that like want to make trades in bad faith like i i don't want that like that that's not fun like someone just trying to straight take advantage of other people it's one thing to be like oh hey i heard someone got hurt and this person's still a free agent on the waiver wire i'm gonna sneak them up real fast like that's one thing that's fair game Mm. but it's another thing to like when bombshell like news is dropping to hope that someone else hasn't seen it and try to like get them to accept a trade on their team like i think that's completely like the bottom is just about to fall out and you're like hey you take this and And i think that's and i think that's what really like upset me because like i I, i'm gonna this is gonna sound like cocky but it's like i'd like to think i'm a person of like high moral character and i like for even though this is just fantasy football like this was billed as a league that was like hey we'd like to do this for a long time together like Mm. hopefully in 10 years we'll still be all in this league doing this having fun so the fact that like you're only going to get there if you have everybody operating in good faith and the fact of like wanting to try to make trades when the bottom's falling out and it's not it's one thing if 
everybody knows this and they're all trying to calculate where they think the bottom's going yeah, to like fall a buy low and you're like, I'll take the risk, like with guys or something like versus that. Versus the fact of somebody being oblivious to this information because maybe they're at work and they see this trade and they're like, that's a fucking smash. Yes, mm-hmm. except. Mm-hmm. So that all happens. And then is that when, when you cut that, we all just kind of go, wow, that's like now this is he's peaking kind of. And is that when you call them? Yeah. Out and I remember us all being. I remember us all being in our little like group text between like our Oregon core and us all kind of being like, Hey, are you, are you getting this ridiculous shit? And all four of us like, yeah, man, like nonstop, like you'd reject one and you get another. Oh one. yeah. You get sending them. Like, I remember that exactly. too. It wasn't just the fact of like, Oh, Hey, uh, I don't want this one trade. You just like keep getting them. And so, and they were all in bad faith. So that's when we were all talking, being like, hey, is this happening? And we're like, yeah, this is bullshit, you know? And finally, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm calling dude out in the group chat. Like, it's time. It's time somebody does this. And so I think, like, I know I my recollection of the actual call-out situation is, like, a little vague. But I kind of remember being like, hey, man enough's enough with these and tagged him and tagged him in the message so it what there was like i i'm not a person that's like if i'm gonna like finally be like fuck this it's not gonna be vague it's gonna be like hey man i have an issue with you specifically <laughs> like let's deal with this because the only way you're gonna get through things of a confrontation or issue is by being like we have a problem let's try to deal with I it. i remember that so, and then i and, and he did not take it well he he kind of he's always pretty edgy and like you said had pretty strong takes and he yeah and came like, back I can remember in like a pretty aggressive I can... way I remember right away it wasn't like oh what do you mean it was just right back at you if I remember right yeah and he just kind of fired back at me like hey man like you know this is all part of the game and mm-hmm. me being like it's it's not though like this this isn't part of fantasy football it should all be kind of like like you said earlier. We all value people a little differently. We all kind of like have the guys we like, the guys we're like just super turned off by. And like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the fact of like trying to almost do something like dishonestly is like where I kind of drew that line. And so, you know, call out happened. He kind of fired back. And then, you know, I think it got pretty heated in that like group chat. We were kind of going at each other. It got really um, heated. And the, for like a little <clears> more context, we would just have to ask other people in the league because. Maybe it was just us, but, you know, it wasn't – this was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. But if I had to call it, like, a number of, like, just shot in the dark, I would say I probably got, like, a 100 horrible trades from – offers from him. It was the the volume yeah, it was, a lot. was, like, every day and then lot. over and over, and then why aren't you taking it? So, you know, just to be clear. Why, how come your evaluation is so bad on everybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um from that was like my experience was basically this was yeah this was like a pinnacle moment for him he was definitely you know was Gabe peaking but it was so pent up from so many things so it wasn't just this one thing because hey everybody sends bad trades sometimes it's not it's not oh, the yeah. end of the world but yeah. this was dude yeah. way beyond and then this was the thing that kind of you know took over the edge but I so he did that there was back and forth and then I think Tom poor Tommy was like trying to make peace or maybe you know after it all blew up in the chat yeah. he was i think he was dming with him and they i remember they i you know they were trying to figure it out 
Yeah, and I can remember like that. You know, obviously Tommy. Tommy seems like an awesome commissioner. He seems like a peacemaker. Somebody that really wants to like be the glue that holds us all together and try to like be the um, person that wants to like mediate for these situations. Uh, so he seemed like a perfect perfect guy to deal with it. But you know, I I obviously can't speak to their conversations, but it makes me almost lead me to believe that. Gabe's not a reasonable Gabe person. Is not a re- so, I wish we had that you that by the way that soldier boy you drop right here you. We, every time we bring Tommy up. Um, yeah, and so you know I can't say like I've never met Tommy personally, obviously, but like I feel like if I met the dude, I just love the dude like in person. Like we just have he seems like he just has this like charisma to be around that's just like fun. So he's a great guy. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, so if he can't, so with that being said, you know they go back and forth, well, and then at a certain point. I don't know if if the first thing we hear is like Gabe has left the league or is there something there's more like fire back and forth before that happens. But within the next day, I think didn't we he fired a little bit. I can left the league within the next day. Right. I can I can vaguely remember in the midst of all of this, like as much as Tommy was like super neutral, him like kind of in the group setting being like, I mean, yeah, Gabe. Your trade offers are pretty oh, yeah. garbage, like not in those exact words, but him kind of like taking that side of this like debate of mm. like, well, I mean, like your trade offers, I get them too, and they are really not good. So there's a point where if everybody's telling you the same thing and you're not willing to receive that criticism, again, like I was saying, you shouldn't earlier, I was saying you shouldn't care what everyone thinks. You should care what some people think. And if, you know, if Tommy Yu is telling you, hey, man, I think you're being a little unreasonable here, you should probably hear him out in the situation. That's a good callback. That's exactly the case. And so I think he ended up, we neither one of us can obviously remember, but whether or not there was more fireworks in the chat, it was, I just remember being heated, whether it happened in like a 15 minute period or like a day period, it was a lot of tensions. And then eventually he, I think he left the league and maybe before that, or maybe right after that, I remember he messaged me or I messaged him something and he wrote me back this super long thing, maybe right before he left, but he said, yeah, I'm talking to Tommy and we're both agreeing that um, we think it's best that, you know, I leave the league because, you know, and then he kind of like takes some shots, like, because, you know, your guys's values, I, you know, they just don't make any sense to me. And there's no point in me trying to do this when nobody, Kind of, you know what I'm saying? So instead of going, he didn't even go out in a good way. He went out in a way of like taking shots and like, yeah. this is kind of because of you. And, uh, and yeah, again, it's zero accountability. No accountability. And, and, like, it's, it sucks. And like, obviously, I'm going to talk shit about somebody that has no chance to respond no. to themselves. But like, I have little respect for people that like don't have any like personal accountability in situations like that because like, I'm somebody that even sometimes when maybe I shouldn't, I'll be like, you know, well, maybe I fucked up a little bit. Like, maybe I could have done things a little bit differently. But that's how you extend an all of right. You're willing to, to give that. For them to say right. this, for them to say maybe some same things and you guys to meet in the middle to be like, hey, because as humans, like, most of the time you can be like, we probably should have dealt with this a little bit differently. I pr- in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably could have done this a little differently for a better outcome knowing that. So if you're the kind of person that looks back and are like, nah, I'm fucking real happy exactly how that <laughs> went down. It's just, it's it's like a lack of self-perception. And not to say that sometimes you can't look back and be like, yep, that was perfect. But that shouldn't be your stance like always or a majority of the time. And especially if a bunch of people that really don't have any 
reason to be like, hey, you're kind of being a dick or all telling you, hey, you're kind of being a dick. You should probably listen. To that you should. Bit. And, you know, also, I feel like it's important because we don't ever really talk shit about people. And, like, the people that are in this league now, you know, I would I would have anybody, if somebody needed something, like, that's that's the kind of person I am. You know, like, I don't have a whole ton of friends, but the people I consider friends, you know, and the, the new friends even in this league that we're making, like, I would – I would do anything somebody would need in this league, you know, and that's kind of where it comes from. I think for both of us, it's like, we're trying to, we want that, you know, you want to be a good person and have good people around you and stuff like that. So I think that was part of it too, where it was like, man, you're kind of like not in this whole thing. We're all kind of trying to get going. You know, you're just way oh, yeah. out. You don't have the same vibe out. as us. You have and this like counter vibe. Kind of, you're, yeah. you're the like, you keep smashing up against this like brick wall of everybody and you're not getting anywhere. And so like either our league was going to crumble because of that, or he was going to have to go. And so like, again, I think it speaks to Tommy being a good commissioner mm-hmm. because of somehow he got Gabe to almost self-realize, like I got to go on my own and, or him pretty much telling him like, this isn't really working, man. Cause we don't know how this played out. Tommy, Tommy does. He might have to drop this on a podcast. I know. I, 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 I think that we definitely got to hear his side of the story from it. But it, it's, it's good to revisit because I, when you brought it up, whenever it was a couple of days ago, I honestly hadn't even thought about it. Obviously, I know the Gabe is the, you know, the worst owner word, but it kind of had started slipping. So it's fun to, to get into it and, you know, at least revisit it for yeah. a second because he was, I mean, he was way out there, but. I do remember um, in that DM, <laughs> and again, like, this is not really me most of the time. Like, I, I, I will be kind of like you, and I realize I make mistakes all the time, constantly. And yeah, I will own totally. up to those, you know, sometimes quicker than others, but, you know, usually I come around, but I remember he was still taking shots on the way out, and I said, you know, he's they basically, we decided to specify ways, I'm like, you're quitting the league. He's like, well, we just decided. And I kind of, you know, on the way out, I, I kind of was a little bit addicted. I'm like, hey, you sound like a quitter. Like, you you got some, you got yeah. some criticism, some constructive criticism from a group, and you have decided um, to leave something that we were all quit. planning on doing for decades, potentially. And so you're out after the first. I get it. You're a quitter. That's cool. You don't have to decide. So I kind of, it's fine. you know, I mean, I'm not proud of that, but it, it was kind of like you give that energy back right at the end a little bit because – it was so much of well, I swallowed that's... so much. I remember making a trade with them and just having to just kind of eat shit on it for like hours and hours oh, dude, and hours to get it done. Can you re? Did you did you look back to see what that trade no, was exactly? I I'd like it, to hear your... off the top of my head. I think it was like I sent OBJ and a second for Tyler Lockett and Nick Chubb. I th- oh, dude! So you just murdered that trade, think, man. Yeah, you just murdered it was, that. It was it was fortunate, man. I I really liked Nick Chubb, so it it ended up good. But I do remember. So Darren has you partially to thank for the roster that he inherited. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. but I mean, again, Darren is that's that's like a whole nother episode at some point of yeah. how much he's, he's turned that thing around. Well, and you yeah. look at you used to look at that team when Gabe had it, and you're like, this is the worst, like not the worst team, but it's just not going anywhere. It's just not good, and uh, not because those play individual players weren't good. But you look at what Darren's done, and you, know, you got to hand it to the guy. We're all competing with each other, but you pull up oh, his team just like you pull up sure. any team in this league. There is not a bad team in this league. I think I said this on the episode with Tommy, but the middle of this league does not get enough love. It's always about you guys up at the top, but Kenny, Kev, uh, Adam, 
Nate, everybody, you know, Joe, I consider kind of going, well, I mean, when you got algorithms running your team, like the Yao bots, like it's not really that hard to like compete, but the other guys I'll give credit to. Oh yeah. I mean, until we, until we see it, I mean, you just, one of those things, it's science, you know, you got it until you see it. I know. I, I'm, I'm, we're demanding both, both of the Yao's on the pod at the same (laughs) time so we can actually confirm they're both real. But I mean, honestly, Tommy could just have on any two random, uh, Asian brothers and it would be the same thing. So I don't know that we could actually even if we hear that like the Yao's have been on Tommy's pod and that's what we get presented as, like I don't know how we confirm that. For it's real. tough. I think it's gonna be one of those mysteries that has potential to be a bit of an enigma and to go on for a long time. You know, we can collect information, okay. but uh I think we're coming up on an hour, man. I'm I don't I'm I wonder if people are even still listening to this. <laughs> Hey man, uh, ho- hopefully, pro- probably not. Well, I'm sure we'll have some editing to do. Yeah. We'll have some rambling to take out of this. But uh, so I did want to transition to to something here. Um, uh, recently, uh, I was called out on a uh, maybe a little cheating, a poker <laughs> cheating scandal by uh, Mr. Servas, and I-, I wanted to make sure that that was addressed. Um. Although I will not deny the allegations against me, mm. I would like to put them solely on my ex-girlfriend, Jackie, and it being 100% her. So it was her idea. It was her mm. idea. Um, she put me up to the whole thing. To uh, I, I, think what, I think the plan early was for me to get knocked out and offered a deal for everybody. And then she could just, this. she was like this innocent girl, you know, and nobody was going to suspect it. And then we just kind of worked this out. Uh, I, it's funny because in the midst of it, it I do remember <laughs> this is even longer ago than the it's earlier so much story, longer ago. But in the midst of it, we you were, were probably like, like 17. We we're probably 17. So, uh, and I can just remember being like, I can't believe these guys aren't like catching on to this, which obviously everybody knew this was going on. So that's what makes us even more hilarious in hindsight. Is getting this, away like, with it. this like ridiculous, like we're getting away with it. So it's like, no, no. I don't know no, who was not. dealing. Can I just interject? Uh, I don't know. I don't, you, I don't know if you were the first person that went out or if you, how that ended up working, but whatever was going on, I remember the hands were too big to deny. Like it was full houses and shit. Like you could have won with like three of a kind, but it was these massive once a game kind of hands that you get sometimes and they were happening like every third hand you're like jesus hey well, straight flush again she's good man she's good um and i would like to just like um this this cheating girl her name was jackie so darren maybe maybe mm, maybe a warning <laughs> yeah maybe a little I'm bit sure of a warning mostly. but you know just that oh i'm sure i'm sure your girl's great man that's all that's all and that's all in good fun um but, uh, you know, to maybe wrap this up a little bit, I wanted to make sure that I think I think we've done this enough. We I think we've stroked Tommy's ego enough mm. here. But like, I am really enjoying his podcast episodes. I'd like to throw that out there. Uh, make sure that he knows that and uh, how much fun that this league is. It's so great. And it's it's fun like that. He even was down to let us try one of these because you know we just downloaded the app like an hour ago and give this a shot and so yeah he, and he even called me today and, and let me know a couple tips on how to how he does stuff so 
Tommy's great, man. Like I said, we need that. We need that Soldier Boy drop. Yo, you. Oh, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. Especially, uh, yeah, like I said, this uh, we we got a new uh, uh, podcast making hosting app, and I think it's going to be really good for uh, kind of in, maybe enlighten Tommy to a little bit. So hopefully, he'll... yeah, it seems to work. I mean, you know, we'll yeah. probably turn this off and it won't have recorded or something. But either way, man, it was good talking to you as always, and uh, it's kind of fun to get back in some of the old old stories because man, we are getting we're getting to that point where that was 15, 20 years ago. So. Oh, dude, it's crazy to think that too. And like, I'm, I always say one of my favorite, like, one of the people that I think really got me to be like, hey, I really want to do a podcast. Like, initially, you know, uh, was Arian Foster. Like, he, I don't know if you guys have listened to any of his podcast episodes, but he has some really good podcast episodes. Like, he has, like, I think one with D Hop that's just amazing. Yeah, I've listened to that. Um, he has, um, you know, he has one with like LeBron James's business manager and that one's great specifically. So like check some of his, uh, episodes out. But one thing he always says to people, like one of his quotes that he says is like, give people their roses while they're here. He says, you know, oftentimes people don't talk about like how good people are and how much people mean to them until they're not here anymore. until they can't do that. So like, Give people their roses while they're here, man. Talk about the people that mean a lot to you and like how much they mean to you, like why you still can, and tell them that. Tell people mm. how much they mean. I to like you. that. So I like that. Um, I think that's an important, like you know, motto to live by. So I like it. it's a good thing to keep in mind, you know, especially this year that you really realize what things are important and uh, see friends and family and oh totally. Like you said, this league has been has become kind of, you know, it's the thing I always look at. You know, there's other stuff. We have redraft leads from back in the day. We've been doing it for a long time, but this is the one with the juice, and it's because of it's because of the people in it. The people are awesome. Tommy's awesome, and uh, you're awesome too, man. Yeah, man. Hey, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I will never understand you. When will I stop trying? Till dying